Welcome to the Daily Reflection for Holy Week from St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. This is the Reflection for Friday. Mark chapter 15 As soon as it was morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. They bound Jesus, led him away and handed him over to Pilate. Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered, You say so. Then the chief priests accused him of many things. Pilate asked him again, Have you no answer? See how many charges they bring against you. But Jesus made no further reply, so that Pilate was amazed. Now at the festival he used to release a prisoner for them, anyone for whom they asked. Now a man called Barabbas was in prison with the rebels who had committed murder during the insurrection. So the crowd came, and began to ask Pilate to do for them according to his custom. Then he answered them, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he realised it was out of jealousy that the chief priests had handed him over. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have him release Barabbas for them instead. Pilate spoke to them again, Then what do you wish me to do with the man you call the king of the Jews? They shouted back, Crucify him! Pilate asked them, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him! So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released Barabbas for them, and after flogging Jesus, he handed him over to be crucified. Then the soldiers led him into the courtyard of the palace, that is, the governor's headquarters, and they called together the whole cohort, and they clothed him in a purple cloak. And after twisting some thorns into a crown, they put it on him, and they began saluting him, Hail, King of the Jews. They struck his head with a reed, spat upon him, and knelt down in homage to him. After mocking him, they stripped him of the purple cloak, and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. They compelled a passerby who was coming in from the country to carry his cross, It was Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus. Then they brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him, and divided his clothes among them, casting lots to decide which each should take. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. The inscription of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. And with him they crucified two bandits, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by derided him, shaking their heads and saying, Ah, you who did destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself, come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests, along with the scribes, were also mocking him among themselves, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. Let the Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross now so that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also taunted him. When it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. It was three o'clock when Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, which means my God. My God, why have you forsaken me? When some of the bystanders heard it, they said, Listen, 
he's calling for Elijah. And someone ran, filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on a stick and gave it to him to drink, saying, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. Then Jesus gave a loud cry and breathed his last, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, Truly, this man was God's son. There were also women looking on from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, the younger, and Joseph and Salome. These used to follow him and provided for him when he was in Galilee. And there were many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem. When evening had come, and since it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked him for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate wondered if he were already dead, and summoned the centurion. He asked him whether he had been dead for some time. When he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the body to Joseph. Then Joseph bought a linen cloth, and taking down the body, wrapped it in the linen cloth and laid it in a tomb that had been hewn out of the rock. He then rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where the body was laid. The final words will be spoken. The last breath sighed. The temple curtain torn in two, and the skies turned to dark. And like those faithful few, preparing him for burial, we come in quiet devotion to praise the one we trust and remember all he went through for our sake. These are the last words of Jesus. We will hear them as seven passages of scripture and a short reflection followed by a time of silence. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Forgiveness. Forgiveness hoisted aloft in agony near death, and from his lips come words of forgiveness. Of all the things he could have said, the litany of woes and sorrows he could have recited, the folk he might have railed at, the folk he might have cursed, but instead he implores forgiveness. Hallelujah, what a saviour! 
Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Those words are for you and for me. Do you know it? Dare you believe it? Forgiven. We are forgiven by the one who hung on a cross and died so that we might be forgiven. That is forgiveness. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. After forgiveness comes redemption. The one who proclaims forgiveness also proclaims redemption. The one who knows us, knows all that we are, forgives us and embraces us all the way to paradise. Promising that not only are we forgiven, but we are loved and carried all the way to eternal life. Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Woman, here is your son. Carried in love in the womb of his mother, cradled in arms that were gentle, nurtured in love, then released to life, set free to teach and to heal, and now in the throes of death, filled with compassion, feeling the pain of the woman who gave him life, the woman who trusted enough to say yes to God's plan, to say yes to a life full of worry and turmoil, the woman who bore the Son of God and who now shared the awful pain of his death. Forgetting his own agony and reaching out to ease the pain of the one who carried him in love. Woman, here is your son. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Darkness, despair, desolation, 
a loneliness that could not be pierced? Can we even begin to imagine the depths that Jesus plumbed in death? The man surrounded by others all through life so hopelessly abandoned in death. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I am thirsty. Human in birth, human in death. Needing love and nurture, companionship and sustenance. Fully human, fully divine. I am thirsty. It is finished. A task completed. A battle won. A love confounded. All said and done. A promise fulfilled. New hope for the world. God's plan. The gift of God's own son. It is finished. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. For God so loved the world, a love not human but divine, a depth not fathomed, love that reaches beyond the restraints of nature to grasp the outstretched arms that embrace the world, arms outstretched even in death, showing a love beyond our grasp, and a hope we cannot measure. Love stronger than life, stronger than death. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Thank you.
the spear, the nails, the crown of thorns that make this man a gargoyle of grace. Sinew stretching, lungs shuddering. Grasping at the last breaths of foul air. A rank mixture of anger and amusement. Where pain is entertainment and misery a distraction from the deeper, more thorough pain of a world that refuses to identify with good and chases hope with a cross and a dying man with a collage of torture. A kiss, a denial, a whip and taunts, the falls, the nails, the spear, the thorns, such is the soundtrack to the wasting of heaven and the deathbed of the one who cannot turn back, holding on to love that will kill him. We pray. Creator God, today as we come together, we are assured of the completeness of your love and remember all that you have done for us. We pray in Jesus' name that you continue to pour out your blessings and bring light into the darkness. In a world of death and destruction, where your people are needlessly harmed through war, disease and poverty, we pray for all of those who are casualties of the greed and inhumanity of the powerful. We remember too that you have given us the gifts of grace, charity and compassion. Help us to share these gifts with all whom we meet. We pray in Jesus' name that you continue to pour out your blessings and bring light into the darkness. At a time of great change for all your people, we pray for your continued blessings on all who work for your kingdom, all those who seek to spread your word, all those who seek to live as you command. Help us to remain committed, to show your great love to all whom we meet. We pray in Jesus' name that you continue to pour out your blessings and bring light into the darkness. As we join together in hopefulness, your people seeking wisdom and guidance, we pray for ourselves. Each one of us who is facing trouble in our own lives, each one of us who is feeling let down by the world, each one of us who is hoping for a better tomorrow. Help us to be there for each other. We pray in Jesus' name that you continue to pour out your blessings and bring light into the darkness. On this Friday, as we stand beneath the cross, gathered into your embrace, forgiven, loved and guided, confident of your blessing, Assure us that no matter how dark it may be, your light will shine, today and every day. Amen. And now silence falls on the last work of the world. Even the word of God has run out. When such a silence falls, there is nothing left to say. All that is holy is soured by fear and love has been put to death. What more can heaven do? The chaos before creation has returned. 
The darkness before God spoke has taken hold again. The face of the deep is dark and long. The stars have gone out and everything is void. The cross is being raised and the Son of Man is bound. All heaven can do is wait and repeat those first words again, spoken over the chaos on that very first day and believe they hold a promise. A promise of a second Adam, a new creation. And from the returning chaos, a new day might dawn. It is over. The waiting is over. They have no cause to break his legs to hasten his end. He's already dead. The proof is if they need any flows from a gash of a plunge spear. The worst that he endured is over. The release has come. His spirit is gone from here. Stiffening limbs hang lifeless. Half-opened eyes opaque and dulled. Heaving chest still at last dried blood and lines of blackening red. Take him down. The waiting is over. They make no secret of their allegiance to him now. In death they let their loyalty be known. One final act of extravagant love. Take him down. Cradling arms of surrogate fathers tenderly washing and wrapping. Like a woman's perfume poured in preparation, now a man's weighty purchase of myrrh and aloes to embalm. The waiting must begin again, as sunset signals the Sabbath. Finding a resting place, an unused tomb in a garden nearby. Shuffling inside, exerted by the labour of love, gently laying his covered body on the cool rocks, touching the cloth around his face, swallowing back their sorrow, murmuring the things they wished they had said. But knowing he knows anyway. Walking away. Silenced. In the ache of mourning. <laughs>